Hello. My topic today is how to attract money. Now, why would I start a subject on how to attract money with a song like the one we just sang, I'll tell the world I don't have money? Well, I want to emphasize that money isn't the only kind of wealth that we can uh, achieve, attain, uh, obtain, I guess is the word. And uh, so I'd like to start talking about what true wealth is, because to have more and more and more money is not wealth. True wealth is the consciousness of abundance. Poverty is the consciousness of lack. I've always enjoyed a story I heard when I lived in Arizona many years ago of an American Indian who farmed a quarter acre lot and managed to make enough for his family, and that's all he had. He had a neighbor friend who owned many, many acres, and this neighbor, a white man, was, was sorry for him and wanted to help him out and offered to give him more land of his own abundance. And the American Indian said, well, thank you very much, I appreciate your kindness, but if I had more land to farm, when would I find time for singing? Wealth to him was not just money. Wealth to him was not just the abundance of food. Wealth to him was the opportunity also to sing, to enjoy life, in other words. So before we even talk about money, I think we need to discuss what is true wealth. We want money for ulterior motives, really. It doesn't do us any good sitting there in the bank. Money is useful because it can buy us things. It's been well said that money can't buy happiness, but it buys a lot of things that we mentally associate with happiness. And so let's consider whether those things even are true wealth. You can surround yourself with possessions. Does that make you necessarily happy? You can have nothing like that American Indian, and you can be very happy. The important thing is to be complete in yourself. And with that caveat, then I'd like to talk about how to attract money. There's a very interesting statement in the Bible. In fact, I mentioned this also in a book that I've written, How to Attract Money and Use It for Your Highest Good. In the Bible, Jesus said something that sounds like a very unfair statement. He says, to those who have, more shall be added, and to him who has not shall be taken away even that which he has. Now, if we think of wealth, if we think the money that we have is something somehow doled out of a limited supply, doled out to us, then it's very fair that some should be given to some, much more be given to a few, and almost nothing be given to others. And it seems doubly unfair that those who have it should be getting even more, whereas those who have just a pittance may lose even what they haven't. Well, it isn't unfair, and Jesus isn't giving us a, a, a vision of cosmic law as something monstrous. What he's doing, quite simply and clearly, is making it obvious to us that money is not something that is given to us by luck, by favor, by high position, by any of these outward things. Money is something that we attract. Abundance is something that we attract. And by the same token, 
If we don't have that ability to attract, then we, we find ourselves without magnetism, not only not attracting it, but we might even be developing that kind of negative magnetism which pushes away things. Fear is a negative magnetism. When you're afraid of something, you tend to uh, uh, attract the very thing you're afraid of and to alienate those things that you, uh, that kind of security, support, protection that you wish you could have. All of this depends upon your state of mind, upon your mental attitude. You see, your thoughts are magnets. Your thoughts send energy out into the world. And that energy, like the electricity going through a wire, uh, an electric wire that creates a magnet, a magnetic field. So each little ray of thought creates, as it were, a magnetic field that attracts its own. You attract whatever wealth you have. Therefore, what you need to do, instead of just looking for opportunities, instead of cutting down people who seem to be uh, your competitors, instead of working with outer realities, Work with this one overriding supreme inner reality and you will find that actually you can gain uh, that which you need. Now, there have been books on the subject. Catherine Ponder wrote books that were very popular and may still be for all I know. Um, however, I feel that there is a truth that these books by and large have uh, not taken into account. There was a story I heard in Australia many years ago <coughs> of a man who died and went to heaven. And St. Peter was showing him around heaven, making him sort of familiar with his new home. And he took him to what he called the heavenly junkyard. And St. Peter explained that this junkyard consisted of all the things that people on earth had rejected, things that were made for them, but that they had decided they didn't want. The man looked around and he thought, well, this is absurd. He said to St. Peter, look at that Cadillac over there. Who would, who would reject a Cadillac? And St. Peter said, well, it's very interesting that you happen to single out that Cadillac because the one who rejected the Cadillac, that Cadillac, was you. And the man said, why, no, I'd never do such a thing. And St. Peter said, yes, every time you prayed for a car, you visualized a Volkswagen. You see... We limit ourselves often by our expectations. We should realize that this universe is abundant, and abundant enough to supply us with everything that we could possibly want. The supply of the universe is at your fingertips if you knew only how to tap it. You need to make your own consciousness a magnet. Now, if you use your magnet, this is the way books on the subject have, have uh, uh, told you to act, to, to visualize, to think if you want a car, think of the particular model that you want, visualize it sitting in the car, in the, in the garage, visualize its color, visualize the keys and the ignition, just get a really strong image and then you'll attract that image. Well, I dare say it works, but I found something that works a great deal better. You see, we're living in a world of energy. In this world of energy, form is a temporary phenomenon. Energy assumes the form of matter. Energy manifests itself in the form of matter. 
But matter is not a reality except as a manifestation of energy. Matter as matter doesn't exist. It's an illusion. Now, if we see the world in terms of energy rather than of matter, then we have to break this concept of fixed forms, shapes, colors, and think rather in terms of a fluid reality. If you will think in terms of a fluid reality, then you have to realize that that reality ever changes, as Heraclitus, the ancient Greek, said, pantare, all is flux, everything changes. But at the same time, if you go with that change, then you will find that uh, that Cadillac may not be the best thing for you, just like, or that, just like that Volkswagen that the man visualized, or the Cadillac that St. Peter said heaven wanted to give him. But what is available is something that is not only much larger, but constantly changing. And your wealth of today can be your prison of tomorrow. I don't mean because you got the wealth dishonestly and got thrown in prison. What I mean is that your uh, your seeming limitation, the, the, your seeming infinity today will become your limitations tomorrow as your own consciousness grows, as your expectation grows. And so I've seen that it's far better to think of money itself, not as a fixed quantity, but as a flow of energy. So that I don't think in terms of needing this amount. Paramahansa Yogananda in his book, Whispers from Eternity, there's a very short prayer in there and very beautiful. It's to the effect that, I don't have the exact words, but Father, I care not what I may permanently possess, but give me the power to possess at will whatsoever I may daily need. And this is the approach that we need to take to life. I found, because I've had to do things that were far beyond my economic ability, I've had to live on the edge of this principle just about all my life. I built this, this large community years ago, and I didn't have any donors. The, the village I live in is called Ananda, World Brotherhood Village. I've mentioned it many times on these programs. It's uh, center is near Nevada City, California. We have branches also in your local city and elsewhere. But uh, the thing is, I didn't have any wealthy donors to make it possible, nor did I want to go the usual route of uh, selling shares in the venture, because then I would have had to be, uh, I would have had to abide by the wishes of lots of other people, whereas I wanted to follow my own inner guidance. But this meant going out and earning the money, and it wasn't always that easy. I taught classes. I had no way of controlling who would come. An astounding thing I found was that whatever my money needs were, that's how many students came. When I had f smaller money needs, fewer students came. When I reached a point of crisis, when I had lots of bills to pay, I had 300 students in different cities. And uh, always I've seen down through the years, that was 23 years ago, 24 years ago. And uh, this community has been in existence now for 23 years. But uh, I found that success has come not from thinking we need this specific amount, but rather to think in terms of what 
you can do with uh, whatever you get. Rather think in terms of the energy flow. If I wanted a car, I would think and have thought, not in terms of the model, the color. I thought in terms of what, I would, what use I would be able to put the car to, the classes I could go give, the different functions that I have to uh, live within in my life, and so on. And I've seen that this works really in miraculous ways. There was a time years ago, out of many seeming miracles, um, I say seeming because there's really no such thing as a miracle. There is only a, uh, an operation of higher and a higher law than we're aware of. Television would seem like a miracle uh, to people 400 years ago. Now we accept it, even if we don't understand it, we accept it as the operation of natural laws. And the same thing then with uh, the earning of money. There was a time years ago when a local uh, hardware store thought that they could make a killing by putting a lien on the property here and then taking it from me before I could pay them an amount that I owed them, but I had already agreed with them to pay a certain amount every month, and I was honoring that agreement. Their lawyer was the one who convinced them, well, you can get it all. And so they wrote me a letter saying that if you don't pay this entire amount within two weeks, then we'll, we'll uh, take your property from you. And I said, well, but I'm honoring my agreement. Well, I don't know anything about any, show me it in writing. And so I, I didn't know what to do about it. I simply didn't have the money. I was giving a slideshow in a home in Palo Alto just a few days later. And somebody came up to me later and, and said that, you know, I, I like what you're doing. I'd like to make a donation. Do you accept donations? And I said, surely. And I thought maybe he'd give me five, ten dollars, something like that. Well, he gave me a check for three thousand dollars. It enabled me to pay off that man. And uh, um, in fact, I told him that I have the money, but I'll let you incur all the legal fees you can and then step in at the last moment. He said, oh, well, if you pay now, I'll give you a big discount. So he tried to dig a pit for me and fell into it himself. But that's really a side issue. The important thing is that uh, when you put out the right energy, somehow it always works. Somehow the law of the universe works in your favor. So how to, put, how to attract money is the issue. First of all, don't think of it as money. Think of it as energy. And in thinking of it as energy, think of it in terms of how you're going to apply it. Think of what you're going to be doing with it. One thing that I've found very important is that if you, there are two ways of limiting that flow of energy. One is to limit the, uh, your imagination as to what might be available to you. The other is to limit yourself. When you think, when we think egoistically, when we think selfishly of ourselves and our desires, then our own expectations are limited to our own selves. And even if those expectations are huge, like Donald Trump with his big empire, even so, those things are limited in relation to what, what we could have. Now you might say, but I don't think I'll ever be as wealthy as Donald Trump is, or perhaps I should say was, but the issue is not that. The issue is that you get what you need for what you have to do. To have more would make you a prisoner. To have the right amount gives you the opportunity also to be like that American Indian. It would give you time for singing. You don't need more than that. You don't need to be a slave of wealth. 
You need to be able to put out that kind of energy that will generate the magnetism to attract. Now, the thing that I have found, and this is another principle in the Bible, Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And there's a lot of truth in that. It's more blissful when you share with others. But even in relation to the topic of uh, this talk, when you share with other people, when you try to do something that will include other people's happiness and well-being rather than thinking only of yourself. You see, in building this community, I was thinking not of myself, I was thinking of giving a making a place where other people could live happily, making a place that would be a model so that other people could learn better how to live. And one of the most important lessons that we've learned in these years here is that those people who lived for the welfare of all, lived for the good of all, and didn't think first, I, my, me, mine, they are the ones who have always had what they needed. And the ones who thought first, I want it for me, are the ones who have always found that they just were that little bit short of what they, all, what they needed. They never had it. They never had enough. A very interesting thing happened in the community a few years ago. There was a couple who somehow just could never get it together. They couldn't get a job that would make enough for what they needed. They lived in just a, the poorest possible uh, circumstances, and they never seemed to get ahead. And someone said, well, they hadn't been tithing to the community, and everybody has to tithe to help make it work. So somebody said to them, well, why don't you tithe? And they said, are you kidding? What do we tithe with? We don't have anything to tithe with. And they said, why don't you try it? Just try it. And so they said, all right, we'll try it. Do you know that within a matter of days, job offers came to them from people who didn't know about this resolution? Things started happening. They finally found just overnight their lives changed and everything went, started to go well. Tithing, giving, living for others. This is a part of the energy flow that we're talking about. You will attract money in proportion to your, your sense, your awareness of being a part of a much greater reality. Work with that reality, and that reality will work with you. Work in harmony with the symphony of life, and the symphony of life will bring harmony into your life too. So become harmonious yourself. Meditate a little bit every day, and just have a little bit of time to be quiet with God, with yourself. Still your minds. Listen to the voice of, in, of silence, and you'll see that within that, you'll develop the power and the clarity to be able to accomplish anything that you set out to do.